Hi, we're Good Sheilas. Fun fact about Claire. In high school, her email address was sad like winter leaves. And welcome to Good Sheilas, the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes all of us tick. I'm Bron, a Melbourne comedian. And I'm Claire, a human rights lawyer. And we're longtime friends, short-time mums and lifetime dickheads. Each episode we will tackle something in the media as well as something in life that has kicked us in the guts. Strap yourselves in, mongrels, and get ready for Good Sheila. <laughs> so, Bron, this week we are going to talk about... Megxit. Okay. Yep. I've heard of it. <laughs> so the British monarchy, let's talk about them. They have existed for 1500 years. And in that time, there have been countless wars, numerous invasions, and a whole lot of stolen land. Hi, Australia. The queen, who is the current head, has powers in law, but it's all delegated by the government. And it's a gaggle of relatives, some of them who are allegedly marrying each other. And they include the queen, her kids and grandkids, and a few cousins. And together their assets are $88 billion. Isn't that nuts? So if that, that is nuts, quick question. If one of them decides to sell something, does that just go straight back into the crown? Or does that, that person who was living in that place get to keep some of that money? So they get, they've got private money. They've got hordes and hordes of private oh. wealth, which is mad, right? And they've got all of this land and investments everywhere in the world, in, you know, Britain and mm. all the Commonwealth. And the taxpayers in Britain give them money every year on top of this $88 billion fortune. So last year, the taxpayers paid $286 million for the royal family to do their thing. Mm-hmm. That includes that things is, like renovating a palace. That is more money than a house in Brunswick. <laughs> it's almost enough for almost. a deposit in Brunswick. <laughs> So in return, they live in huge, massive houses and they swan around and feed a really hungry media, really carefully curated pictures of adorable little future kings and little shorts. Yeah. So it's this crazy ancient institution which is built on the backs of some horrible depravity. Why do we care so much about what the sixth in line for the throne after William and Charles and their adorable children is doing with his life and his relationship and why is it all over the news? Oh, okay. So I reckon um, I reckon people are interested in it because it is that has been a constant. Like the most I know about the royal family is what I've learnt from the that show The Crown. Mm, Have you watched it. it? So good. Amazing. Yeah. So good. I had cared not a not one iota about the royal family. It actually annoyed me when it got in my way because I didn't I didn't I, I didn't care and I didn't understand why we had to care. And then when I watched the show, it kind of confirmed why I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite whilst it was quite amazing, they were all so useless. Yes. Like even Ooh. even the Queen, who was the boss of the world at the scene. I think that's her job. That is, that was what was on her hat. <laughs> She's got a big fancy hat. <laughs> oh, she should take it off. It was the, um, it was how, when she made these political decisions, 
well, it wasn't even a decision. She would have some, an advisor come in or like the, the prime minister would come in and say, this is what we're going to do. What do you think? And she'd say, yes, what do I have to do? And he'd say, you need to speak to this person. And she'd say, very well. And she'd press a button and then he would leave. And then she would go roam around this ginormous house again. And then people in her family would kind of just swan about and have like, and just drink and eat and maybe move house or go to the country. They seem so redundant and to me. so privileged. Like mm. the, the craziest and the most interesting thing for me about them is they're not actually allowed to have opinions. Yeah. It's embedded in their laws that they are fi figureheads and they have all this power and they delegate the power. But it's really, really important that they're apolitical. I mean, think about the Queen. She's had to have so many different prime ministers and so many different parties. I mean... She has Boris Johnson at the moment who's like Donald Trump light. And I just be like, great. And we never actually know what the woman thinks. No. She's just a fancy, pretty image for this actually really archaic, really dominating uh, power struggle in the community. And I think it's really fascinating that we read so much about them and we read so much about the news because that's part of the machine, right? It keeps us interested because it keeps them relevant. Mm. So I like I hear what you're saying about how she they don't have an opinion, but I think the one thing that the Queen does do quite well is stay calm, and that is uh, I learned that from the Crown. <laughs> it is it is my source of everything. It I uh, but she and when I think about it, she's there is never a scandal that she has started. Mm. There's scandals that people around her start. Oh, apart from those sex tapes. <laughs> yeah, she loves feet. She <laughs> loves. That's Fergie, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, they're all the same. Sucking the feet. No, 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 the Queen loves poop porn. Does she? No. Oh. <laughs> okay. Good. See, I know everything. And then, but it's all these... for it's coming up for season four. That's disgusting. Elizabeth, <laughs> clean it up. It was all of uh, all of these people around her had these scandals and she just stayed like so stoic and tight-lipped and she kept going and waving and sitting and standing and being there. And... Uh, the, I think that's what everyone everyone kind of expects from her mm. and everyone needs. And so when she is this person who has to uphold this, um, I guess, this role of being a, like proud and dignified and royal and um, super-duper rich um, and these people around her, they have to fill their roles. And when they don't fill their roles, we become confused in what our what where we are as a country that's so interesting it's like the idea that they're this stabilizing force right they give us a broader purpose because of they're these lovely royal people and they're very important to us but we're not quite sure why in australia and we don't really like it but we'll never vote against it because we tried that before and we're like we kind of like the queen we'll keep her there she's like her five, coins. yeah she's on my <laughs> five dollar notes ps which is also redundant because no one uses money anymore but that's for another podcast but we watched their weddings. We were in Tasmania when, when Will and Kate we were married and yeah. it was on every single television. Yeah, we are in the Jetstar uh, terminal because we are rich. Only the best. Because <laughs> we are royals. <laughs> and we were sitting around all of these white trash people just like... Of which we are. We, two of them. Yeah, definitely them. And we, everyone was like scrambling to get closer to the screen to watch this... It was hours and hours and hours of people watching the royal wedding, and I remember people coming out of the woodwork saying, "Like, I never cared about the about the royal family until now." Mm. And I'm like, "But, like, what? 
but why now? Why now? <laughs> exactly. It's a nice dress and it's a fancy church. But like, do you remember where you were when Princess Star died? Yeah, so it was at my friend's house. I think I was in year five and I was confused as to why people were upset because mm. people died all the time. But my yeah. mum was devastated. So was my mum. I remember she used to have like a princess die colouring book. Like it was really embedded in her own idea of herself. And I remember her crying, <laughs> crying her eyes out. Over her colouring <laughs> in. <laughs> it wasn't very good, okay? <laughs> no, over princess died dying and I remember vividly like – watching the funeral at our house. Yeah. I remember it so well. I'm like, why are these, you know, pretty poverty people in a shitty suburb in Canberra so fixated on the death of a woman that we've never met? Why does it mean so much to us? I think it means so much to the working class. Yeah. I think that the, the royal family mean more to the working class than they do perhaps anyone else, which is quite interesting because they're, they're a point of difference and there's someone – like you said, their point of stability as well. It's a huge house that never moves, surrounded by guards that aren't allowed to move with people in positions that their rank was almost the same. And when someone steps out of rank or when someone says, actually, this isn't this isn't what I want, one, we don't understand why someone would not want that because yeah, it looks perfect. It's pretty good. Like, yeah. It's so, Princess Mary, right? She's the living dream. Is that the one from Tasmania? The Tasmanian lady. Yeah, she did really well. She did so good. Good. If you're listening, Mary, <laughs> good work. <laughs> yeah, you do. Mad that. respect. <laughs> You really married up. <laughs> yeah, but it was – but the um, – what was I saying now? About – so, so, yeah, sorry, I really sidelined that. Just like, <laughs> shout out to Mary. <laughs> um, but, I, yeah, I get I get the idea, right? Like you you, you have – and you think about the context that the royal family has evolved in, that all of this money, this incredible fortune, this incredible – power has come from control right and how do you get that control by getting people to work for you getting people to tend the land and you know run the farms mm. and then bow down when you bring your big ships in mm. and say this is my country now mm. and out of that you need you need the proletariat you need that ordinary person to be like i'm cool with this mm. because it gives you in your shitty everyday you know blue collar life with not much to look forward to when life is really really challenging something to look up to, something to aspire to, and something that you feel like you're part of, which is yeah. why I think the British media and our media is so wild about Megxit. Yeah. So Megxit is a really clever word for um, Meg and Harry leaving the royal family. And so she, as you would all know, is a very glamorous American woman. She's a woman of colour. She's divorced. Mm -hmm. And she has pissed all over the royal family if you listen to the conservative British media mm. and it is quite insane to watch the coverage because one is it the Queen's son, Prince Philip is a total creep and probably a pedophile no, wait who's the good one? Philip, her husband, Philip. Yes, Philip. Yes, Andrew. Andrew. Philip. Philip has um, officially retired from royal duties. <laughs> he's old guy. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> you see that photo? He's of him? Barely alive. I it love is it. amazing. It's like oh. a walking, terrifying corpse. Yeah, he's so racist. And isn't it weird? Because we feel this weird affection toward the dude. Who you right? He is a race. Like you know, you hear about the shit he's said in public, and it's just horrifying. But I'm like, oh, it's like my grandpa. But Andrew is a creepy creep, right? Yeah. He hang out with Epstein. He definitely had sex with underage teenage mm. girls. Sure, it got a lot of coverage, but we care more that 
Meghan yeah. and Harry are like, hold on, this institution is a bit fucked. It's broken and I don't want to be a part of it. Can we just step back a bit? Mm. What does that say about our society? Well, he's not willingly – He does. he's not willing to leave. Yeah. He wants to definitely still be a part of it. Mm-hmm. But he made a mistake, and mm. men are allowed those. They are allowed those, but there's a reason it's makes it. I mean, who knows who's driving this? I'm sure Harry's a big part of it, but we're blaming the woman. Yeah, and she's a woman of color. She's not. And she a wasn't white. royal. Exactly. She's not Kate. No. And there was this really interesting comparison that I saw on the internet where they got the Daily Mail, which is like the toilet. It's like the poo porn of newspapers. It's mm-hmm. just dreadful conservative mm. stuff. Very entertaining if you want to melt your brain. But some commentator got exactly the same event by either Megan. Is it Megan or Megan? Megan. Megan. Megan and Kate and put them side by side. So an example was like, they're both pregnant, holding their bumps like pregnant women do. And in one, it was like Kate lovingly cradles her bump as she awaits the newest arrival for her family. And then the one for Megan was like Megan fixated on her pregnant body, swans yeah. around. You know, it was really gross. And they kept mm. comparing the media coverage. And it was like from the beginning, mate, even yeah. if you were marrying into this incredibly wealthy, important family, like it would have been shit. Yeah. Nothing. She could do nothing right. Mm. No one really liked her. But when I what? Okay, so I I think that a lot of people didn't welcome Megan not only because she was from a different country and all of these things. But we have a look at if you have a look at the history of of the royal family, there were such strict rules of who people could could and couldn't marry. Mm. Uh, and like Margaret, Margaret, divorce, like poor Margaret, awful. Sorry, Margaret. Oh, she's dead, isn't she? No, I think. No, she's, oh, no dead. she's dead. Yeah, so you're not listening, but sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was so for everyone who liked her because she's almost everyone's favourite yeah, royal. Yeah, yeah. Because she was just, and if you watch The Crown, she was like just the best had, character, just the best, and had yeah. nothing to do, and just drank whiskey at nine in the morning because she was like, what else is there to do? And so she was. She's actually a super tragic life. She yeah. led a really tra- tragic life because she couldn't marry who she wanted to marry, and ever and. The Queen was like, if I let this go, her advisors told her, by the way, if you let this happen, what else? It's a slippery slope. The, mm. what, you're going to turn... You'll you're be gonna, watching people on all day yeah, long. You will end up in, like, the like in Queenbian, New South Wales. <laughs> Shopping at Golo. <laughs> it is not going to be good for you. So she was like, okay, fine. And said to her only sister, her only sibling, oh. you cannot marry him. I know you desperately wanted to. You've jumped through all the hoops and I have to say no because the crown is more important than you. And this poor old Margaret was like, okay, fine. And so now it's actually, that was not that long ago. No, and now I'm we're sad. at this point where Harry was allowed to marry someone from a different country a divorcee, um, whatever, all the other things that you mentioned about her that made her diverse. And she came into the, came into this royal family and everyone was like, okay, great. That's, you're very lucky because, you know, Margaret, our favorite one, mm. didn't get to do that. So you better fucking be grateful, okay, mate. And she's like, definitely. Also, I don't want it. So I'm going to go. And so people were outraged. Yeah. It's like when a toddler says, can I have your dinner or your the last piece of your cake or something that you desperately want and you're like you know what because i because i love you so much you can have it but you better love every bit and then they taste it and they go I don't like it and, chuck and they it chuck it on the fucking floor yeah yeah and it's like Assholes. you 
I'm cutting you out of my will. <laughs> You're dead to me. There is no coming back from this. Sleep outside. We're, we're through. Piece of shit. That's right. <laughs> so Megan did this and so all of these, like there's so many hidden like reasons why people don't like it. I don't think it, def it comes down to one of the things. It's a bunch of different things. People's history with the crown, people's understanding of the crown, people's desperate need for stability and also people, the expectations of, uh, of women in the crown to act in a certain way and she seems ungrateful yeah and I, mean, I remember early on like there are all these weird rules like you're not allowed to wear colored nail polish it's like the specific color that the queen allows royal women to wear it's like a beigey kind of pink it's like one color. You have to wear stockings. I know, very attractive. It's like a band-aid. You have to wear stockings. And very early on, she was wearing just like dark nail polish and didn't wear stockings. And the meeting was outraged. It's like you're doing it wrong. Like we gave you this gift. We let you in. And you're not showing respect. You're doing it wrong. And it's just mad that there have been newspaper articles and opinions about whether a woman wants to wear stockings or not. Mm. It's so archaic and so insane. But it also speaks to... I guess this idea in our society about what a good woman does, yeah. what a good woman looks like and what they don't do. Mm. And already working in, you know, walking in, she was called a diva. Like there were stories about her behavior. And in her trash family, like yeah. a mad dad who was like selling yeah. photos of something. It's so embarrassing. So insane. Oh my God. It's so, like imagine having to navigate that yeah. publicly. Yeah. Just, I, I, I would leave too. I'd be like, see ya. I'm mm. going to go start an amazing Instagram and live in Canada and go on a Netflix show. Yeah, I'm going to go maybe get my career back that I yeah. worked really hard to get. So and enjoy bye. my son. Yeah. And just, just not be in the space. Mm. But we're, we're fascinated. And you know what? I'm part of the problem. I read the articles. Yeah. And see, I'm not going to stop. Yeah, that's, yeah. I just don't because, again, not because I'm making a political like protest I just don't care <laughs> that's good You're but I'm, of... I'm interested in, in this all of this but I'm not I can't be interested in the royal family yeah. I'm interested in why people care about the royal family but I'm not I'm not one of them <laughs> if there was another referendum about Australia being a republic what would you vote I wouldn't I actually would have to dig really deep to try and find one iota of care about that would you would you Truly. think that we should leave though? Like not despairing. I have not given it any thought. Interesting. Would you want to leave? Yeah, because I think it's really troubling that somebody so distant and so far away has any kind of say on our mm, But I don't. But like, if we have a look, what we just said at the start, what does she actually do? Well, she has to. She's got a delegate in Australia. It's the Attorney General or the Governor yeah. General. Governor General, not the Attorney General. The it's the principal of Australia. <laughs> it's the principal of Moreland <laughs> Primary School. If you listen, John, hello. <laughs> and um, but I mean, we still have to ask for permission. Yeah, it is a um, it is a what is the word? It's, it's a it's a figurehead role, but it's still permissive, right? And also, it just shows that our country is built on the backs of this like conquering. Place. Mm. They went over and you know fucked over everybody in the whole wide world. And yeah. was like, this is mine. This is mine. 
I just think that I think it would say a lot if we were like, no, we're a different nation now. We're not part of that anymore. Yeah, but I, I think if we Australia had any backbone in, uh, to start with, that's mm. maybe when I'd care. But we're such a fucking mess politically <laughs> yeah. that I'm like, do you know what? Maybe we do need a babysitter. Yeah, exactly. We need <laughs> a queen to watch us. Yeah, maybe a prince for hair could help us <laughs> because we don't know what's going on. So that's we why don't. I can't, I don't feel like we're strong enough for me to be like, no, we've got this because we don't. So you don't feel you feel like we need the queen i don't think we need her i don't think we i don't but i don't think we'd be worse i i don't think i i don't think anything about it really i don't i don't think i don't know australia what would what it would look like without it um but i don't have huge hopes that we just nail it yeah so i'd be like oh well stick around Fergie, <laughs> I'm not finished with you <laughs> she's back in the fold as well oh, fergie's geez. the last back it will who isn't? I know, right? We're in the royal family. Good. The royal family of Canberra, Australia. We're in Melbourne. We've left that city. Yeah, Just that's to be right. very, very clear. The so, makes it. Summary. We are bewildered by the attention. I can't look away. Ron never started even looking. No. And I will continue to fixate as their children grow up and as the paparazzi snap photos of Megan in Canberra. And I don't know why. Mm, and mm. I don't know why I care, but I will continue to care. Yeah, you need to unpack why you care. I um, I will help you do that. <laughs> because so, I'm not going to start caring. Okay, I was good. like, maybe I should stop. But I can't. I won't. I'm never going to. It's fine. Good for you. Stop yelling. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, we've talked about the political. Let's talk about the personal. Mm, okay. Right. Well, so my personal one that I thought, I thought about this today it was um, people's react. So I went to the pool, and what I was actually really amazed by was watching people's reaction to um, women's bodies. So this isn't just in a sexual way at all. So I wasn't just watching like the fourteen-year-old boys get semis, watching like <laughs> watching you know grown women walk past. That was not what I was looking at. That'd be strange, clip. What I was looking at. <laughs> What I was looking at is the different like different levels of confidence in women and how people reacted to that. So it was the men. So say for example, I watched a woman who was um, quite confident walk through um, regular body, and what I mean by regular body, I mean like just like a size fourteen, um, not particularly tanned, just an average body walked through she was walking to go swim laps uh and she seemed quite confident with herself and men were kind of just gawking at her okay and also women were kind of um were trying to figure out why she was confident can't yeah i don't think it was don't think it came from a malicious place but it was quite interesting seeing women do that and then when i watched a woman who had put so much effort into her body uh, well, into her appearance, she was about she was about sixty, but you could tell that everything in her body was on her outfit and her makeup and her hair was curated curated to the, like the nth degree. So she was wearing a full face of makeup. She blow dried her um, her hair and she was wearing a navy um, uh, swimsuit that had like crunches and crunches and things to make it look like it wouldn't stick too tight. Mm. And she had a towel folded over her arm and she was walking so uh, she was hyper aware 
that she was in swimmers in front of everyone. She was scurrying kind of through the two pools to get to the outdoor pool. And I was watching her thinking, why did she wear so much makeup to the pool? And then I looked at all of the blokes who had just been watching this, you know, this confident 14, size 14 lady walk through. They looked at this, uh, the blokes and they, it was like no one was there. They could not see her. They didn't, um, like, even if she kind of smart looked in their direction, like, it was if she was not there. So that's, she was invisible. Disgusting. So from a woman who kind of just kind of floated through, with she was so visible, a woman who kind of scurried through was so invisible. And then I was really amazed at watching the women. Women took heaps of notice of the, of the older lady wearing heaps of makeup because they were kind of thinking, oh, wow. She's wearing too much makeup. It's it, it a critical eye, always. Yeah, it's always. never like, wow, she it's looks great. Great. It's yeah. like good for her for like having a lovely day at the pool. It's yeah. like there's always a judgment. And then I, yeah, and I was just quite interested in these these stark differences. And then I watched all these different lovely shapes and sizes of women walking through. And I started to take more notice of how how the, it's like the gendered lens is applied and how we, and how we're just like, we're actually quite horrible to each other mm. and looking at the, like I was sitting watching the kids pool cause I've got two kids surprise <laughs> and I've got, uh, and they were, so the pool was full of like dad, mums and dads and kids as well. So they were allowed some kids in there. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a mums and dads party. Just letting you only you know where they were mums and dads cause they were every now and again like, I'm a mum. <laughs> I'm a dad. <laughs> Hello. My name's mum. <laughs> What's your name? Dad. <laughs> That's a great name. Here's my friend, Mum. And uh, what's your friend's name? It's Mum too. Yeah, great. So anyway, Mum's dads and all of these like like kids just like like, like some kids like some kids had like the swimmers on the wrong way. Like some kids had see like see through swimmers. Most of them had goggles on to this. To you know they can't put them on right, so they They're always idiots. look really deformed. <laughs> it's my favourite thing about goggles. No one looks human in them, and they and like they'd snot down their face, and they were just like they couldn't cope. Like they they can't like get out of the water with their hair sitting right. So it's always like this weird Polish fringe. Or like it's scrunched in the back and tied it in the knots in their goggles and they're just like running around having the best time ever. And that's really fun to watch. And then looking up and just watching these, these you know, what 20 years difference or 30 years difference or whatever in these different species almost and thinking, God, you've just taken to going to the pools like to such a different level of discomfort. Mm -hmm. And I, what went wrong? Like where did it go wrong? And watching then how men in the pool were kind of these, you know, all different shapes and sizes again, but seemingly so com comfortable in their own skin. And the women who were wearing all different kinds of swimmers as well, just kind of constantly like picking them out of their bum yeah, crack. And, and chosen to suck things in and lift yeah. things up and be flattering, right? Yeah, there's so many swimmers that you can buy that can like suck your gut in. Yeah, I've got like, some from Target, $49. Yeah. And they're like, they, they're, they're really confronting language on them. It's like body reducing, tummy sucking. It's yeah. like, hide yourself, hide yourself. But I chose those ones because that's what they did. 
and going to the pool obviously as an adult is a little that can be uncomfortable enough if you actually take a step back and look at how everyone is kind of looking at each other yeah half naked unless you're 65 and you're completely invisible it is a it's actually quite you would be a bit uncomfortable and you would maybe go buy some swimmers like that yeah and I was looking at all these different swimmers in the pool, these lady swimmers. I'm like, fuck, that looks so uncomfortable. And looking at also at the, the trend in swimmers, I was thinking earlier when we were like 14 or 15, the swimmers at the time they were in that everyone had to have were triangle bikinis, but you wore board shorts as well. So you spent like $70 on a pair on a bikini that you you couldn't afford, your mum couldn't afford, but you fucking found a way to get it. <laughs> and you wore this, but you also had to spend $40 on a pair of board shorts because it was gross to wear swimmers without board shorts. Don't know. And we all did it. And just, I remember everyone, all the girls were like trying to keep the, make, trying to keep, make sure all these triangles stay over their tiny little boobs and making sure that their swimmers, like you get a wedgie under your board shorts and you're trying to help it just like so uncomfortable so we started being uncomfortable in swimmers we started in puberty being wildly uncomfortable and embarrassed about embarrassed. our body yeah. them. and then and boys wore board shorts yeah and then we went up into like maybe i don't know in the early 20s and that's when that's when like like different kinds of bikinis were in, but they were still, you know, every time you dive in the water, they all just like came, you know, you'd have to pick a bikini out of your hair and like frantically put it under, on, back on when you're drowning underwater and the boys wore board shorts. And then we go, uh, we're, you know, I think it was maybe our late 20s when, when one pieces started to come in. Thank God. Thank God. But the backs of them were so low that every time... I would go underwater, both of the the shoulder straps would come down and I would have both my boobs <laughs> out and I'd be like, oh my God, coming back and pulling them back up and the blokes wore board shorts. The back thing, I just realised that the fucking back thing is yeah. so, so low. So See, low. I have a tramp stamp from when I was 16 because we got a camera and I'm like, <laughs> for fuck's sake, I can mostly hide it, but those spaders just show it. I just feel like such so low because you can't. If it was a full, if it was all the way up, then we'd look like prudes. And so, if we're allowed to, if we're allowed to cover our stomach, we have to show our entire back <laughs> all the way down to the top of our bum crack. You're welcome, Claire. And then, so and then recently, and I, recently, which is this one blows my mind, is G strings are back at, at the pool. I don't even know when they were in originally, but they're so. So at the pool now. Do people wear G-strings yeah. to Brunswick bars? Yeah. You're serious? Yeah. Whoa. And part of me, so I go into two minds here. I'm like, great, good for her. It's a bum. Bums are great. She looks yeah, like... Yeah, good for her. To, if, like, as long as you're happy, mate. You do but you. it's never... But I'm also like, that is not a comfortable thing to wear Permanent in the water as well. Wedgie. Permanent wedgie. Like, fine, G-strings, fine. But to wear it at the pool, like, you are so close to being naked... And boys are wearing board shorts. Yeah. So they nothing of this has changed, but our our discomfort, women's discomfort in swimmers at pools, has stayed exactly the same. And so what we have is decades now of young girls and women being uncomfortable at the pool, but constantly on show because blokes have stayed exactly the same. So there's nothing interesting to see there. It's like, oh yeah, 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 that's fine. Oh wow. Oh you've got 
blue board shorts now. <laughs> That's crazy. On your 35-year-old dad bod. <laughs> yeah, because last year you had white blue ones. Like, it's not it's not interesting. It's nothing to look at. But women's things are constantly changing. Our expectations of what our bodies are supposed to look like are, like are, kind of, are changing and becoming harder to achieve. And the only thing that stayed consistent is our level of discomfort. And that is really, that's really been quite amazing to watch. The silver lining of this story for me and probably no one else is I recently am so sick of picking wedgies out and tucking a tit back in at the pool because I want to play games with the girls at the pool because otherwise you're just sitting there. Watching them. Yeah, and their games are still pretty sick. Like, there's, I, for example, today I was allowed to be a mermaid. Often I have to be the fisherman. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't exactly know what this game is, but we play it and we get way too into it. Anyway, I was a mermaid called Dingo, and Dingo needed to do heaps of things. There were tricks I needed to do, and it was fun, and I was so into it, and it was like the hours went past, and I was having the best, best, best time, and I had recently bought swimmers that made me allowed me to play those games, and those swimmers are Olympic Speedos. Okay, Claire. Okay. Very attractive. They are. They are <laughs> just like they the bum thing, like how you the whatever is it, the seam of the bum is so tight that it makes me look like I've got four bum cheeks. <laughs> but there's never a wedgie. Never a wedgie. Are they so comfortable? Yeah. Because it, like they're made to be comfortable, right? Yeah. I'm like I'm not. I don't have a wedgie. A boob isn't gonna fall out. The back thing is staying on. They are designed to stay on your body. In the exactly the same way as you put them on, and I and they're not sexy at all. They say speedo on the front, and I am living my best life in them. And what has come with that is a level of confidence that perhaps I ha- didn't have when I was like, you know, shuffling down with like everyone's G-string, in my G string. <laughs> yeah, kids hated that. It was, uh, but it was like, and 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 the reason why I noticed this, like the how the way women looked at each other because some women were looking at me like that mm. and I was like what is she looking at me why does she look so cranky I'm wearing speedos it's not the g-string this time Melissa <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I, I thought it was quite amazing is that we we can't really win no um even when we're wearing olympic speedos <laughs> there is no gold place okay it is just you just you just uh, and, but it's, it's not, it wasn't on me. It wasn't like, oh, I shouldn't have worn these Speedos. It was, why do we not like when women look comfortable at the pool? And also, why do we ever wear anything that aren't Speedos? Yeah, I really I want to get in this Speedos party because I'm still wearing that, that, that woman's crunching, bunching, pulling mm. in swimmers. And but it is really fascinating when you get to that stage where you realise no one is looking except for the women. Right, yeah. Yeah. and women aren't looking in a way because we're so we're socialized to compete against each other. We're socialized to judge each other. It's one of the most insidious parts of the patriarchy. Like, because women together are really powerful, so you know the powers that be set us against each other. Mm. But um, for me, a really transformative thing since I had my second baby was I go to the pool and sometimes I have pubic. That's disgusting. I know. I'm so sorry, everybody. (laughs) I used to, like, even after having my first baby, go to the pool, and I was like that lady. 
Mm. I would have a full face of makeup on mm. and have done my hair. I'd take pains to keep my head out of the water. Like, wasn't really having fun. Was so terrified of getting in and out. You know, just was so fixated on how I looked in this space. I felt the pressure of that gaze. And at the same time, there was this real need or this real want or desire to be seen by the men there. Mm. I wanted to be sexy. And it was mm. that feeling that, I, you know, that you, you and I and every other woman in the world would know where you just, it's, it's, a, it's a gift and something to strive towards to be seen. Mm. And to be to be sexualized, to be objectified. And after I had my second baby, going back to the pool, I one day I looked at my bikini line. It was, you know, it's like a bear moving <laughs> in my undies, <laughs> crawling down my legs. <laughs> it was full on. Um, and not a white bear, a black bear. <laughs> An angry one. An angry black bear. <laughs> Although the polar bears, I will note, are the really bad ones, like... If you see a polar bear, you're going to die. But okay. we can talk about that later. Survival tips. For sure. <laughs> I'm not even a survival tip. It means just like a death. You are imminent dead. death. Okay, so, so if you're like an allergy and you see a polar bear, like you're fucked. Yeah. Man. Like, you, <laughs> you should leave. <laughs> you should leave. You should go to Woolies. There's no bears at Woolies. Okay, bringing it up back. Okay, <laughs> bringing it back to my boobs. And... I had this moment where I was like, oh, fuck, like, I guess I better get the trimmers out and I better shave. And that's horrible, right? Because if you shave your bikini line, you get inker in hers, and it's super uncomfortable. And, I mean, it's just it's just not a nice thing. So I'm just doing this to make other people feel comfortable, to make me feel comfortable, mm -hmm. to feel like I'm attractive. And I had this really lovely transition moment where I was like, I don't care. Mm. And so I went to the pool with pubic hair hanging out the side of my bathers. And guess what? No one fucking cared. Yeah. I'm a mum with two horrible children. And an angry bear. <laughs> and an angry polar bear. And everyone was screaming. <laughs> everyone's gonna die. gonna die. But the point is, it was so, so liberating. But there was also this really deep kind of psychic sadness to it because it was like accepting that invisibility, right? I was like, no one's looking. And that's lovely. But what does that mean for my identity? You know, what does that mean if I'm not looking for the gaze and if I ever get it feeling really like chuffed about it? Mm. And what does that mean? Like that woman in her 60s that you were talking about, no one looked at her and she, for whatever reason, she was looking for that. You know, it was so important. And we, we're getting older, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're in our 30s now and, and, more and more I, I recognise the difference between, you know, being young and nubile and in your 20s and the way that people treat you. And that's just going to keep dropping off. Helen mm. Garnett calls it the age of invisibility. Mm. She says that women, as they get older, they just disappear. Mm. So I reckon with that, with you saying with that being quite sad about people not looking at you, I think it's complete opposite. I think that people who the the one of the reasons why no one was looking at this woman as she walked past one maybe it's because she's a bit older but two because if she put too much effort in like mm. this i think that there's something so attractive and this is what i was saying about the woman who kind of swung through with being so carefree but so confident and how old was she yeah she was younger no you're right but you're right but i think there was a terrified a terrified girl a woman who walked through 
the same age, mm. it would be completely different because it was, fear is not sexy. No, it's not sexy. So this woman was just kind of walked through, you know, it, like lovely bottom wobbling all the way down and people were looking at her because she was confident and you can't, it's a mystery to some to the women. Uh, but it was like these men were just like, just like just totally all about it yeah. yeah all about it and i was as well so it's like she looks amazing she's great she's got it she's working all the things that are working for her and so i think that when we stop caring so much and like i think about you that image that you painted of you going to the pool and not and desperately trying not to get your hair, hair wet and wearing those horrible scrunch like sucking in a, in the things i think about like, your daughter looking at you and being like like mum is having a terrible time because this is the funnest place in the world and this makes no sense to me yeah. because her swimmers look uncomfy and she's got a terrible rash around her vagina. <laughs> no. Where did the bear go? <laughs> Kill me. Having <laughs> <laughs> terrible time. So I, just, I think about how we, one thing is really great to stop caring, but I think there's so many great things that come from that. I think that there's absolutely nothing sad that will come when we when we start to care less. Yeah, that the caring less is, is really it's really liberating. It's really lovely and it's really important. And it speaks to but it then speaks to that grouping, like looking at that woman in her sixties who was made up. Sure, she looked uncomfortable, but who knows? Maybe maybe that drives happiness for her. Maybe feeling like she's mm. got a modicum of control over like how groomed she is makes her comfortable enough to go to the pool. And it's really hard to say to her what you're doing, you know, it's embarrassing or what you're doing is like, why are you putting in that effort? Because it's obviously so ingrained in her for whatever reason that it matters. And that, you know, that we look at her and feel sorry for her is also is, oh, is yeah. it really sad. I mean, oh, so why sad. can't we just play in the pool and not look at anyone? Like, why yeah. can't we just be in a place? Because people look good to look at. I yeah, love fun. people it's watching really, today. It's, it's really fun to watch people, but, like, it comes to that layer of judgment. Yeah. I was, yeah, and you're right. It would be, I'd feel really sad if someone felt sorry for me and mm. I felt sorry for her. And, I, you know, obviously I didn't tell her that. Um, but I, I do, I, I, I did feel sorry for her and I just think that she would have, she looked so uncomfortable. Looking at anyone mm. who looks uncomfortable is, you just want to save them a bit, you're like me. Watching someone when they're thinking about themselves being watched, mm. that's excruciating. It's like watching teenage girls, you know, yeah. go to the mall and look at, look at themselves in every single reflection. They're not present. They're not thinking about mm. what they're doing or who they're with. They're looking at themselves being seen. Do you know what would fix that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Is if you stopped looking at them. <laughs> creepy Claire. <laughs> no one's looking at your girls except for me. Because <laughs> they're looking at my bottom. <laughs> you want to see a bear? <laughs> You're going to die. But, like, I think when, you know, you talk about that woman marching through, just being like, fuck it, I'm at the pool, and, you know, how you observe the women looking at you, it's a loss, right? You're looking at going, why can't I feel like that? Mm. Why can't I just be okay with myself? Yeah. And that, like, that's it. That's, I guess, a form of, of envy. You know, mm. you want to be that comfortable in yourself, but you don't know how, mm. right? Oh, totally. And it took a long time for me to figure out how and it was just like not being just deciding that I wasn't going to be bothered anymore yeah and you need to buy speedos I need to buy speedos I don't know if I'm quite there yet you have to be and when you get them you'll be like what have I 
done with my life so far. Last, I, weirdly, I like every summer I buy a pair of bags, which is so wasteful, but I bought a pair this summer from Target and I looked at like there was a very sensible mum one which is scrunchy and squishy mm, and black you know because yeah. it's supposed to fade and I was yeah. like my first thought was like oh that'll really want that pale colour and pale like it'll make my skin look real pale and it'll emphasise my cellulite and so I bought this pair of like black and white church bathers and it's got like this golden buckle at the boob so it's got like a little cut out with the boob mm, so to try to make it look safe. sexy I know oh right and then it's like sucking in and, and, and thinking about it I'm like why did I choose that mm. why did I choose like who's going to be looking at me and who cares yeah. but I still bought that pair yeah well you will throw them out when you buy speedos I promise you I promise you so in summary for this one is we need to become more comfortable at the pool and that's not just by being um by buying speedos obviously that's the the morals of this story this speedos. podcast is sponsored by speedos obviously <laughs> but it's not just by buying comfortable uh, swimmers but it's also by being really aware of how we look at, at yeah. each other and if someone is looking very uncomfortable, you look away, like leave them alone. It's not what you don't look at them and try and figure out why they're uncomfortable. Don't because this is me watching all these women today, um, and just kind of go to the pool with a, an attitude of everyone is a bit uncomfortable, and I'm going to not be a part of that problem. Mm. I'm going to smile at someone if they look at my uh, look at me. I'm going to tell them where I bought my swimmers. And I'm going to wear goggles even though they make my face look deformed and we have the best time because kids are watching us and mm. they're watching what we do and they're watching how the men interact with the women and how the women interact with the women and all of these interactions mean something. As busy as they are, we need to be kinder. Mm. That is the moral, obviously second to the Speedos. Okay. Speedos, everyone. Mm. Brown has spoken. So... Break, uh, mix it, is that right? Mix, mix it, it, mix it. Speedos, the pool, aging. We've covered a lot yeah. in half an hour. Yeah, and it has been. I, I have learnt more than I needed to learn about the crown. I still really love Princess Margaret. She's God, a legend. God rest her Not. soul. <laughs> I don't care that Megs it's left, um, but good on her that she has. You need to un figure out why you're so obsessed with it. Um, the pool's a great place and we all need to get amongst it. And we've been good Sheila. We have been good Sheila's. Thank you so much for listening.